All right, uh, if you will, uh, turn in your Bibles to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1. When I was in the military, uh, we during our basic training, we had a field day. And there was this guy that was, uh, I think he was some kind of a weightlifter, bodybuilder, or something like that. He was, a, he was huge. He made about two or three of the rest of us. His legs were about this big around. And, and we had this uh, tug of war, and it was one of the most unfair tug of wars I've ever seen because they put him at the end of one side of that tug of war, and it was three mighty thrusts of his legs, and buddy, it was over. Everybody was on the ground. And it was done. Well, can I tell you something? Sometimes in life, we feel overwhelmed by life. We feel overwhelmed by the challenges and the trouble that we face. But can I tell you something? We serve a God who is so much more powerful than anything we could face. With just a little effort of His power, everything changes. And I'm so glad that we can go to our God in those times of need. Uh, this scripture that we're looking at today uh, talks about a king named Jehoshaphat uh, who was facing in war three different countries, Ammon, Edom, also called Mount Seir, and, and uh, Moab. These three countries had allied themselves together against Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah. And Jehoshaphat had heard that they were going to come against him, and he was just overwhelmed. He, he, he didn't know what to do. So he goes to the Lord, he seeks the Lord, and he calls upon the Lord, and he calls the people to a fast and to call upon the name of the Lord. And then they go and, and they uh, put out the singers in front. The singers worship God. God throws the armies of these three countries into confusion, and they kill each other, and the battle is over, and the Israelites haven't even struck a blow. Uh, this is truly a work of God, uh, and this is what God can do. Now, you may not be facing an opposing army, but whatever you are facing, we've been talking about spiritual warfare, uh, you may be intimidated by the thought of spiritual warfare. But can I tell you something? Our God is someone who can help us with the problem, no matter what it may be. He is able. He is powerful. He is mighty. Um, so we need to trust him, and we need to come to him and seek him in the times of our lives where we feel overwhelmed by what we face. Um, the title of my message is Overcoming in the Battle. Look with me at verse 1. After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites, together with some of the Maonites, uh, came to fight against Jehoshaphat. People came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast number from beyond the Dead Sea and from Edom has come to fight against you. They are already in Hazazan Tamar, that is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat was afraid, and he resolved to seek the Lord then he proclaimed a fast for all Judah who gathered to seek the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek him. 
Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the Lord's temple before the new courtyard. He said, Lord God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? And do you not rule over all kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand, and no one can stand against you. Are you not our God? who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel, and who gave it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend. They have lived in the land and have built your sanctuary in it for your name, and have said if disaster comes on a sword or judgment, pestilence or famine, we will stand before this temple and before you, for your name is in this temple, and we will cry out to you because of our distress, and you will hear and deliver. Now here are the Ammonites, Moabites, and the inhabitants of Mount Seir. You did not let Israel invade them when Israel came out of the land of Egypt. But Israel turned away from them and did not destroy them. Look how they repay us by coming to drive us out of your possession that you gave to us as an inheritance. Our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this vast number that comes to fight against us. We do not know what to do, but we look to you. All Judah was standing before the Lord with their dependents and their wives and their children. In the middle of the congregation, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite from Asaph's descendants. And he said, listen carefully, all Judah. And you inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast number, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. You will see them coming up the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the valley facing the wilderness of Jeruel. You do not have to fight this battle. Position yourselves, stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord. He is with you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Tomorrow go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. Then Jehoshaphat knelt low with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord to worship him. Then the Levites from the sons of the Kohathites and the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel, shouting loudly. In the morning they got up early. And went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. As they were about to go out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe in the prophets, and you will succeed. Then he consulted with the people and appointed some to sing for the Lord and some to praise the splendor of his holiness. When they went out in front of the armed forces, they kept singing, Give thanks to the Lord for his Faithful love endures forever. The moment they began their shouts and praises, the Lord set an ambush against the Ammonites, Moabites, and the inhabitants of Mount Seir who came to fight against Judah, and they were defeated. The Ammonites and Moabites turned against the inhabitants of Mount Seir and completely annihilated them. When they finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped destroy each other. When Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked for a large army, but there were only corpses lying on the ground. Nobody 
had escaped. So overcoming in the battle, how do you overcome? Well, you need to seek your God. Seek your God. In verse 3, Jehoshaphat was afraid, and he resolved to seek the Lord. Literally, the Hebrew says something like he set his face to seek the Lord. In other words, he's giving God special attention. He's focusing upon the Lord. He's turning from the distractions of his life and what's going on in his life to seek the face of God and hear from God. We need to seek the Lord. Uh, David said in the Psalms, he said, I seek you early in the morning. Jesus did the same thing, didn't he? He sought the Lord. He, matter of fact, he left. Oftentimes, he'd go out into a wilderness place to seek the Lord, to hear from God, and to focus upon the Lord. You see, we need to seek the Lord. Uh, Jeremiah tells us, you will seek me and find me. This is God speaking. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Something about a crisis causes us to focus upon God more seriously, right? We always need God. But sometimes a crisis comes along, and, and that crisis just causes us to turn to the Lord uh, in a special way. Sometimes we just need to do that. When our life is overwhelming, when we don't know what to do, we need to turn to God. We need to seek His face so that we can find the help that we need and hear from Him in the time we're going through. So to overcome in the battle, how do you do it? Seek your God. Secondly, fast to listen. Fast to listen. Uh, Verse 3 says, Then he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. It's fasting. What What is fasting? Well, fasting usually was the abstaining from food for a season of time to seek the Lord. Uh, It provided extra time to seek the Lord. And something about fasting, and the times where I've done it in the past, fasting helps, seems to clear up the lines of communication between me and God. It helps me to hear God's voice more clearly. It helps me to fellowship with Him uh, more intimately and to worship Him more sincerely. There's something about it. I, I really can't explain it, but I have noticed that in my life. Fasting also is associated with times of great moves of God, of revivals, of great deliverances. Esther uh, called for a fast. She was about to go in before the king at risk to her very life so that her people could be spared. She called the Israelites to fast for her for three days and seek the Lord so that they could be delivered. And God provided a great deliverance for them. Uh, Moses fasted on Mount Sinai as he received the law from God in the Old Testament. Uh, Jesus said of his disciples, he said that right now they're not fasting because I'm with them. But when I'm taken from them, then they will fast. Jesus knew that there would be times where his people would need to turn aside and hear from God in a special way. Fasting, I have seen, has been used in, in my life. Uh, in, I've seen it in my parents' lives. I've seen it in the churches that I've been a part of. As people have fasted and prayed, how God has moved and worked 
and overcome things. Sometimes a prayer that has been prayed for years is answered due to a fast. It's not that we twist God's arm. God is ready and willing to hear. But sometimes fasting helps us to have the faith to seek God in the right way. So Jehoshaphat calls for a fast. And you and I at times in life may feel the need to fast and pray to seek the Lord. Uh, there have been times I feel like I have been led to fast and pray, uh, but it is definitely something that is beneficial. So overcoming in the battle, how do you do it? Seek your God. Secondly, fast to listen. Thirdly, include God's people. He did it for all Judah, right? Verse 3 says the fast was for all Judah. All Judah was going to seek him. Verse 4 says uh, uh, they were all gathered to seek the Lord. So he included the people of Judah in his fast. He didn't just call upon God by himself. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing to do. Uh, But he involved God's people. Sometimes you face a battle that you do not have the strength in and of yourselves to face. And you need the people of God. Did you know God gave us a church for a reason? Somebody once said, well, I can worship God on the golf course. Well, I'll tell you what you can't do on the golf course. You can't rely on God's people to pray for you. You can't uh, entrust God's people with a problem that you're facing or a burden that you're facing that is too great for you to bear. Jehoshaphat calls the people. Listen, it's a wonderful thing when the people of God gather around and pray and intercede and fast and seek the Lord. For God's work in a place. We had a number of people in my previous church. I've shared much about that with you. But um, a number of us were praying and fasting for our church. And God brought about a great deliverance in our church. And brought about a revival in our church. And I'm going to tell you something. Everything was different. If God shows up, everything is different. Now, you say, well, God's everywhere. He's already here. Well, I understand that. But there's something about the manifest presence of God when he comes into a place and begins to work in a special way that changes things. It changes the preacher and the preaching. Did you know that? There's a difference. I I once heard uh, D.L. Moody uh, said that there was a woman who was praying for him to be filled with the Spirit of God so that he would have power in his preaching. He said, I was preaching the exact same messages that I was preaching before, but now I was having a great harvest. So you pray for me, right? <laughs> uh, uh, you pray that the Spirit of God would be upon me. But, but when the Spirit of God comes, it changes the level of conviction in a place. And God begins to deal with hearts and change people on the inside. When revival came to our church, there was a great brokenness that that came upon our church. And people would be at the altar weeping over sin. When the presence of God comes with power, many are saved. So include God's people in the intercession when that overwhelming battle comes your way. Let people pray for you. Sometimes you may need to be discerning in who you ask to pray for you. 
Okay? If you're, if you're praying over a sin, you probably don't need to tell the person in the church that gossips. Nobody in the church ought to be gossiping, but you should be. You know, there, there are some people that you just know they're going to tell somebody else, right? Don't tell those people. <laughs> Go to the people that you trust and have them intercede for you. So uh, seek your God, fast to listen, include God's people. Fourthly, remember God's power. I love this. Verse 6. He said, Lord God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand, and no one can stand against you. Can I tell you something? Satan himself can't stand against our great God. No one can stand before him. Remember his power. Remember his power. Uh, we, we talk about Peter having his eyes on the waves, and he begins to sink, right? When he had his eyes on Jesus, he was okay. He was walking on the water. Uh, so often we get distracted, and we look at the problems around us, and we see everything that's going on, and we think, this is too much for me. I don't know how to handle it. As Jehoshaphat said, Lord, we, we don't know what to do. Uh, and, and we get overwhelmed. But when we focus upon our great God and his great power, it restores our perspective. Uh, one season of my life that was particularly difficult, I just felt led to spend time in worship. And so I would get my, back in the days when boom boxes were a thing, uh, I would sit in my boom box, I'd turn, I'd turn on uh, my worship music, and I would just worship as Sherry was gone to work and the kids were gone to school. And I just, I just worship God and I praise God. And, uh, and in the midst of all that was going on around me, it was like the burdens fell away and I saw God as he truly was. And the peace that passes understanding would come to my soul and I would be refreshed and renewed. And my hope would be restored. I want to tell you something. There's something powerful about gaze. Yes, we can't look upon him and live. I understand that. But, but spiritually speaking, focusing upon our great God and seeing him as he is. Remember his power. There's nothing that can stand against him. I think that's one of the reasons that the New Testament tells us to pray with thanksgiving. Right? Because as we begin to thank God for what he has done... What does it do? It focuses us on his faithfulness and his power and what he has done and what he can do. And our faith is strengthened and we begin to trust God. And then the peace of God descends. What a, what a wonderful thing. So uh, remember God's power. So overcoming in the battle, how do you do it? Seek your God. Fast to listen. Include God's people. Remember God's power. Pray God's promises. I won't read this whole section, but verses 7 through 9, uh, Jehoshaphat is rehearsing what God has done, what God has promised. Hey, hey, Lord, you remember that guy named Abraham? You made him some promises. Lord, you remember what you said in the book of Deuteronomy, how if we had gotten away from you and we turned and we called on you and we turned to your, your temple and we asked you to deliver, that you would deliver us. God, do you remember in the time of Solomon when the temple was dedicated and, and they spoke of the time when Israel would turn away 
and the temple would be left desolate. You said if we turn back to you, if we call upon your name, you would once again hear and you would restore your people. Do you remember that, God? You said it. Jehoshaphat is praying the promises of God. That's a great thing to do. You know what the Bible tells us? If we ask anything according to his will, we'll receive what we've asked. You want to know what his will is, what he promises you he's going to do? That's definitely his will, right? Pray the promises of God. Pray the word of God. The word of God that uh, the principles of God's word is God speaks to your heart in your quiet time. Pray that back to him. Um, <clears throat> as God speaks to you, maybe he convicts you of a sin. Confess that sin to God and repent of it. Uh, perhaps God comforts your heart. Say, Lord, thank you for comforting me. Thank you for being faithful. And, and, and pray in response to that scripture. Or you see that promise. I love Isaiah 41, 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with my righteous right hand. Isn't that a great promise? Thank you, God, for your promise. Help me trust your promise. Help me hold to your promise. Help me to remember that you are with me. So pray God's promises. That, so overcoming the battle, how? Seek your God, fast listen, include God's people, remember God's power, pray God's promises, acknowledge your need. Verse 12, this is Jehoshaphat speaking. He says, our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this vast number that comes to fight against us. We do not know what to do. But we look to you. Isn't that great? We don't have the power, but we look to you. We don't have the wisdom, but we look to you. We don't know what to do. We're beyond our skill. We're beyond our capacity. We don't know how to handle this, God, but we look to you. Praise God, when we're at the end of ourselves, he can lift us up. You don't get any more at the end of yourself than when you're laying in a tomb. But Jesus spoke to Lazarus. Somebody said as good. He said, Lazarus or all the graves would have opened. <laughs> he said, Lazarus, come forth. He had the grave clothes around him. He's bound. He can't hardly walk. He's got these things tied around him. You know, Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. I don't care what your situation is. I don't care how much you think you're at the end of yourself. You serve a living God who can lift you up out of the grave, who can restore you when you're broken, who can give you a hope and a future. He restores the years the locusts have eaten. He gives beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for the spirit of heaviness. What a great God we serve. So bring your brokenness. Bring your inability. Bring your perplexity to God. Acknowledge your need before him and let him show you how great he is.
overcoming in the battle. How do you do it? You need to seek your God fast to listen. Include God's people. Remember God's power. Pray God's promises. Acknowledge your need. Trust God to fight. Now, sometimes God may give you a role. God may give you something to do. In this case, he gave them nothing to do. He just said, stand still and see. <laughs> see what I'm going to do on your behalf. You know, many times as I have brought problems to God in prayer, I have seen God take care of the problem without having to do a single thing. We had a godly man in this church gave me some counsel shortly after I came here. I was going to address a problem, and he said, I don't think that's a good idea. And he said, how about you and I pray that God will take care of this problem? And he told me the reasons and so forth, which I won't get into. But did you know we did just that? We, we prayed, and God took care of the problem. Listen, a lot of times you don't have to do anything. You just have to call upon his name, and God will handle it. But if he does give you a role, it is still, your role is secondary, okay? Uh, listen, if God saves a soul, the witness is secondary. Did you know that? You can't be puffed up with pride because I'm going to tell you something. God can save people without you. But if he saves people through you, it's because he's at work. You can't take the credit for God's work in somebody else's life. You're secondary to that. So, yes, we pray for God. Yes, we, we're delighted that God allows us to be a part of his work. But we recognize that God does the heavy lifting in life. We need to trust God to fight our battles for us. Now, I don't, I don't have time to get into all of the, the details. Yes, uh, there's, there's scriptures about self-defense and those kinds of things in, in the Bible. And uh, I'm not saying you should never take action, but what I am saying is this. You need to have your faith firmly fixed upon the Lord, no matter what you're doing. Jehoshaphat took these problems to the Lord, and, and I love what the scripture says here. Verse 15 uh, this is the prophet speaking to Jehoshaphat and the people. It says, he says, listen carefully, all Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast number, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Do you believe that? The battle is not yours, but God's. Trust God to fight. So the people get up the next morning and uh, they're, they're going out uh, to, to see the army that's coming against them and all they see is a bunch of dead bodies. And what they discover uh, is that God has turned these people against one another and they got in a big battle and destroyed each other. It was supernatural. Now, Sometimes it is hard to tell in life what is simply an earthly problem or what is something that the devil is behind. You and I don't always have the wisdom to discern that. But I'm going to tell you something. No matter whether it's just an earthly problem or whether the enemy is behind it, can I tell you something? 
you can trust God to fight for you. Jesus is a mighty conqueror. If you don't believe it, read Psalm 2. <laughs> he's going to come back with a rod of iron. And he's going to shatter his enemies with that rod of iron. He's a man of war. The Old Testament says Yahweh is a man of war. You know what Jehovah uh, of hosts or Yahweh of hosts means? Yahweh Shabbat, it means the God of armies. And he's not talking about just human armies. He's talking about heavenly armies. And we're told in Scripture there are twice as many angels as there are demons. They're outnumbered, they're outclassed, and God is on our side. Trust God to fight. So I don't know what you're facing today. It may be a spiritual battle, as we've been talking about spiritual warfare. It may be a struggle with temptation. It may be uh, something that you're facing physically in your body. But whatever it is, God is able, and we can trust him with it. And we can come to him to help us to overcome in the battle. Lifting up the shield of faith, wherewith we shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. If you're here today and you know Jesus Christ, your heritage is that you're a child of the king. You are a son or daughter of God Almighty. And it has its privileges. You can call upon his name. You can trust him in your problems. You are beloved. He has set his love upon us. He has loved us with an everlasting love. If you don't know Jesus here this morning, I want you to know that he loves you. He wants you to know him. He sent his son Jesus, just as we celebrated the Lord's Supper today, uh, to, to take the penalty for our sin. Because God's a just God. Yet there has to be a penalty for sin. Jesus satisfied God's justice at the cross. He took the wrath of God for sin upon himself. All the sin of all human beings for all time placed upon Jesus, suffered for in a moment of time at the cross. Only a sovereign, infinite Savior could do such a task. But Jesus did it and completed it at the cross and said, it is finished. The work is done. The battle is won. The price is paid. Because of what Jesus has done, if you'll repent and put your trust in Jesus Christ, he'll save your soul. He'll adopt you into the family of God, and you will be able to call upon his name in your troubles. So I urge you, as we uh, have in just a moment uh, an invitation, I urge you to respond to the Lord this morning and to give your heart to Jesus Christ. You can do that here at the altar. Uh, you can do that. I'll help you with a prayer uh, if you'd like to come to me here at the front. But uh, I'm going to encourage you to do that this morning. Uh, if you're here today and you know Christ, maybe you've got a Bible. You just need to come to the altar and, uh, and bring that to God in prayer. Um, whatever, whatever your need may be this morning, you respond to the Lord. Maybe there's somebody here who, who feels led to, to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. We're commanded to do that. Maybe you're, you feel like you need to be a part of this church. You sense this is where you're supposed to be. And, 
you'd like to take the first step in that process, um, uh, I invite you to come for that. So whatever God is leading you to do, you respond to him this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and for uh, your, your great power and your great love for us. Thank you, Lord, that you help us when we're overwhelmed and we don't know what to do. And that you have perfect wisdom and you know the way for us. And uh, thank you for your heart toward us, Lord. And we pray it in Jesus' name.